0: The other side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender and equality. Welcome in partnership with the Columbus Dispatch. The other side podcast is featuring a series of special podcast episodes called in black and white. The series is devoted to discussing race and its impact on society. Dr. Terence Dean and I will be interviewing scholars, community leaders and artists in relevant fields to try to answer some of the most important questions related to race and the black experience. And joining us today is John Gregory, the president of the National Center for Urban Solutions and the founder of the African-American Male Wellness Agency. Along with Mr. Gregory is Kenny Hampton, the vice president of the African-American Male Wellness Agency. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for
2: having us. Yes. We're very excited to have you here today. Um, as I was sharing with um, the both of you and I, we were before we're beginning, I am a recent um, transplant to Ohio I'm coming from Nashville and I'm uh, a professor at um, Denison University in the Black Studies program. And I'm very curious because I want to get actively involved because um, I kept hearing so much about the wonderful work you all were doing. Um, and seeing African-American, um, well, male wellness agency everywhere. And um, I came right at the height of the pandemic. So a lot of things prevented me from getting actively involved outside and outdoors. But I want to talk more about like the purpose of this organization. Why is it critically important during this time? Um, because I started thinking about what happens to black life after the pandemic or during as we edding, edging out of the pandemic and how at the height of it, we were talking about um, the health disparities of black people being significantly impacted. And then everyone rushed to create um, racism as a public health crisis. Right. Um Even here in the state of Ohio, I've been working with the, um, um, Columbus um, Health Department, Mashika um, Roberts, who's an amazing doctor doing work. And then I wondered, well, what's going to happen after? Is the conversation going to die? Um, now everyone is like, okay, great. We understood. We understood there has a health crisis, racism as a public health crisis. But what are hospitals, what are health institutions doing to change this dynamic? And then I looked at your agency and I said, I think this may be the answer to that. Am I wrong in that assessment? You're definitely not wrong in that assessment. But, <laughs> however, your organization, why? Why is it critically and why is it important that people
1: become involved, particularly black men? I think that um, the original reason why we started the organization was because um, we do workforce in education. And we did a research project probably um, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. trying to figure out why black men had such a difficulty going to work and keeping a job. Mm-hmm. And so part of what we did was we were studying um where were the impacts, effects of um men's other issues as it relates to them going to work. So we did a project where we took 100 young black men between the ages of 18 and 30 and guaranteed them a job. But part of them picking up their paycheck was that they had to participate in a health study. So I was really trying to figure out, are they mentally ill mm. or are they physically ill? What was this whole thing about getting a job and retaining a job? Um, and after 120 days, when they participated in the project, um, we found out that 90% of these men who were 18 to 30 had high elevated numbers. So they had high blood pressure, high glucose, and high cholesterol, mm. and they're BMI was extremely out of whack. And so what that then gave us an opportunity to conclude is that, well, that's the reason why the life expectancy of an African-American male was 67 years old, because when they get sicker younger, they get um, they are known getting diagnosed and the first time they go to the doctors in the, at the emergency room. And so what we decided was that we really need to have an awareness campaign put together because a physician then came to us and said black men are dying and nobody really cares right. and they're dying of preventable diseases. Right. And so somebody said, well, what are we going to do? Why is this important? Well, if we can get out and tell black men you can live longer of things that really are preventable, then we need to create an awareness campaign. Well, what I said, was, well, what do white people do? And so <laughs> I said, ah, they walk. And when we looked and there were no walks that were pertaining to black people's health, particularly black men. And so we started out walking. This is completely an awareness campaign that we started to bring black men aware. So them and their families be aware that you can live longer um, of diseases that are preventable.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
1: Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So it's actually not, the walk is not necessarily about this walk as in a, a health measure. It's, it's really the awareness. The, the walk was created specifically to increase awareness, not necessarily to make black men healthier by taking this walk. Well, I don't Look know. be both and Yeah, I
1: think that the idea is, I think what you're saying is um, the walk was not created to Say, if you come to this walk, you're going to get healthy. The walk was created to create an awareness campaign, and we're using the walkers to carry it. Because what we just said was, like, okay, what are we going to do with black men? Well, what we know is you're not coming to a conference, and you are not coming. You don't want to do a seminar. You don't want to do none of that. So we were saying, like, hey, look, what do we think that black men will participate in? And we were like, and we just did a uh a research project called Black Impact, what we know is if we do something that has some competitiveness to it, mm-hmm. some athleticness to it, that black men are going to um, participate. And then another thing is the camaraderie. If they see other black men doing it. So really, it just cure it was to get black men to come. But when they come, we're giving them a free help screening with physicians evaluating them. So yes, it is the awareness of, hey, come get, learn your numbers, which is our theme, Know Your Numbers, Go see the doctor for the first time and move. So the idea was let's create an awareness campaign. If you do these things, then you will become more in touch with your own health. Makes sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think that's powerful enough in itself to get at least black men out and aware at least of their medical conditions. And I think some people are in denial. Is that part of the reason as well? Because once you get the information, the next step is I have to follow up with a doctor.
1: To be honest with you, um, and I don't know if you've ever participated in the walk, what you will see is we get a tremendous amount of black men who now come to get their free physical. Right. And 80 percent of these men have health insurance and education. Um, So it's not like we're getting men off the streets who don't have health insurance. Um, But what we know is that the more information, you know, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yeah. And because we don't have knowledge and like we have all these um, misconceptions about the medical um, um, piece is that we think that the Tuskegee Institute um Um, experiment, you know, we stay stuck there. And so we have this mistrust of the uh, health systems um, and that is why we uh, are really working very hard with um, Dr. Joseph, Dr. Nolan um, from State University to do clinic to community. Um, So once black men have become aware, we don't have any in every city we go to, we have no problem getting black men to come out and participate in the health screenings and then inquiring about their follow-up. But I, I think what I'm asking here, too, is not just
2: getting them to the doctor is getting them to a doctor who is um, aware of the other conditional concerns that impact black men's health. Not just their health physically, but societal um, issues that impact black men, um, anxiety, um, um, communal uh, workplace, all those other things that can exacerbate us in, in significant ways, our um, health um, issues. So um, that's what I'm thinking about as well. So sometimes a doctor can be very insensitive because I remember when I went to a doctor, he said, well, um, you should start getting thinking about high blood pressure and all these stroke and heart disease. And it's my regular doctor. And I said, well, I don't have a family history of any of that. And he said, well, you're a black man. And I was like, oh, okay." (laughs) So is that the predictor now? Is that because I'm a black man? But I don't. um, Thank goodness I don't have any of those um, issues. And I'm not on any medication because I don't have any of those issues. But I, but I was wondering. I was like, well, that was quite insensitive for him to just assume because I'm a black man, I should start thinking about these things. Was he a black doctor? No, it was a white doctor.
1: Okay, so they're good. That's what I'm
2: <laughs> right, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So some some doctors, like you said, black men may have health insurance, but I found when I found I finally have found here in Columbus a black doctor. But it's hard to get in because one, they're overloaded because they have so many other black patients that they, and so many people are seeking them out. And then the wait list, I literally was trying to get in um, to see another black doctor. I have to wait until December.
1: Um, I mean, I think that um, that's the whole. Um, this related health system that we are part of yeah. is that um, we talk this stuff, but that is why even in the awareness campaign of the walk, we're making black men aware of the things they can do for themselves. Um, by they can change your numbers. Um, Once you learn your numbers, your Mm -hmm, high blood pressure mm -hmm, numbers mm -hmm. or your cholesterol numbers or your um, glucose numbers, there are things that you can do on your own to take responsibility for your health. Um, At the same time, um, you know, being proactive and um, connecting with a physician that you can really go in and see and have that kind of conversation. You know, bedside manners, uh, when they talk about inequity, well, in the hospital, it's a great, that's one of the greatest places there is inequity because the sensitivity of the physicians as it relates to um, African-American men Right. and their ability to talk about. It. That's why, you know, with the agency, we have this thing called Real Men, Real Talk, mm-hmm. where we're talking yeah. about black men's mental health issues. You know, you don't get that kind of conversation all the time when you go to a doctor who really understands what are you really kind of going through, the anxiety that you have, just being a black man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, no, physicians are not connected to that. And part of what we have to do is continue not only to educate um, our community, but we also have to educate those people who are serving us yeah. as to the sensitivity of what we're going through.
2: So do you think now that um, we went through COVID, um, have you seen a higher number of black men um, experiencing a, a, a disproportionate number of um, their health concerns being addressed or increasing um, like anxiety or just heart disease or any of those things, because, again, one of the things that I know Ohio State told me, um, the reason why it's, it's such a long wait to see a doctor is because everybody's coming out of COVID and now everybody's trying to see the doctor. And I thought, well, if someone is in a dire need, you know, what what, what is their best recourse? And I know you're saying they can help medicate their own by advocating on themselves and doing some of the things at home to do those types of things. But do you think that because of COVID is exacerbating some of
3: that? Yeah, we actually feel that that COVID nineteen really exposed mm-hmm. um, a lot of the uh, underlying health health issues right. that a lot of our men are dealing with in our in our community. Right, um, those issues were there uh, prior to COVID, yeah. and the pandemic really has just. Uh, Shaking us to the point where we're like, oh, now I got to go. I got to go find out what's going on with my with my body right now. Right. 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 Uh, One of the things that you touched on regarding uh, is it a matter of denial uh, as far as us even wanting to go to the doctor and, and learn that information. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's for me personally and for the men that I've worked with, it's, it's a matter of just prioritizing this as, yeah. a, as something of a level of importance. Uh, and COVID-19 has has really shaken a lot of us to say, OK, I need to make this a priority because mm-hmm. those underlying uh, conditions. That is really what has taken the lives of, of many of right. our, our men in our community. It's, it's not necessarily the COVID-19, right. but it, yeah. it's the other things that yeah. we were unaware of. right? Yeah. pre-existing yeah. The pre-existing conditions. And so that's why it's so important for our men. Like I found out at one of our walks last year with two of my best friends from Detroit mm-hmm. that uh, we had elevated blood pressure. Wow. You know, at 37 years old, we're like, no wow. way. And our numbers were like off the chain. And so we like, OK, fellas. <laughs> The group chat has to now change from talking about sports and making money. We need to talk about how we're going to get these blood pressures in check. Yeah, and yeah, so what we yeah. learned was uh, that, you know, some adjustments to our our work routines, some ju- adjustments to our diet. Yeah. We learned that uh, beats are actually very vital to <laughs> to men lowering their blood pressure. Yeah, so yeah. those are the things that uh, mm-hmm. we are really, really stressing to our, our, our men that, hey, you got to find out. Because yeah. once we found out yeah. and we saw the, the numbers because the numbers don't lie, yeah. but that's our yeah. report card. So now you got homework to do. Yeah. And so COVID has really given us an opportunity as an agency to have those uncomfortable conversations with our men yeah. and, and let them know that, hey, we're going to create a comfortable space for you mm-hmm. to have these conversations. But we're, we're challenging you to make some adjustments.
2: I think the brilliancy, too, of your work is that on your website is like the resources that you provide. Because I went through when I was clicking and I said, (laughs) (laughs) if if you can't find something, it's going to be on this website somewhere. (laughs) Um, And I want to know how often are are you updating that information? Because I'm pretty sure it changes consistently over time, like, you know, particularly now with COVID is coming out. Like I said, um, what new resources um,
3: should we be aware of? Well, with African-American Male Wellness Agency, uh, we we're, we're built on. Uh, some important pillars. So we, we provide a holistic yeah. support to our men mm-hmm. uh because we understand that there there's some things that they're dealing with that are outside the realm of the health and wellness right, right. uh there's some financial challenges that our men are going through in the pandemic has yeah. exposed some areas in that as well and yeah. so we have financial resources available uh we have a, an incredible fatherhood initiative that we um you know we're in the community and we're working with our fathers helping them get their children kindergarten ready Right. Supporting them from that perspective, helping them navigate those waters, working hand in hand with child care centers to make sure that mm-hmm. our uh, our men are active. Our dads are active in the community. Uh, we uh, work with our men to, to take a proud dad pledge where we're going to do less screen time uh, <laughs> and, and, and more like, you know, in person time with our kids and spend an active time with them. Yeah. Uh, mental yeah. wellness, as Mr. Gregory stated, yeah. is one of yeah. our bigger initiatives that we're really pushing because because, because- Coming out of the pandemic, a lot of our men are like, I got to talk to somebody about this because I can't be the only one experiencing what I'm experiencing. So we Mm -hmm. are intentional about getting into the barbershops, getting into the churches, uh, getting into our sometimes we're we're being a restaurant, creating that safe space for our men to have real men, real talk. And from those conversations, you, you you're able to unpack so many things that men are dealing with. And we're not talking about the extreme side of the mental wellness, but we're talking about some of the day to day challenges that some of our men are dealing with. Well, hey, you know it's I'm struggling being the best husband I'm struggling being yeah. the best father right now, yeah. uh bro, I got the weight of the world on my shoulders right now. How can i uh what are some tips or what are some things that you're doing to navigate the pressures of being the best version of yourself yeah. Uh, yeah. that we can go back and say all right let me let me try that in my home mm-hmm. um and then we we're constantly doing research projects uh we're doing clinic to the community opportunities all the time. Right, right. now, we're working with uh, a couple of um, bigger organizations where we're bringing technology to the community. So we're constantly doing Wi-Fi projects because we learned through the pandemic, you know, with the whole telehealth right, uh, right. shift that took place. Well, <laughs> yeah. guess, guess who, who suffered the most? Because many of the people in our community, they don't have Wi-Fi. Exactly. They don't even have a laptop computer. They yeah. don't have yeah. a mobile device yeah. Yeah. to log in yeah. to do what to see their doctor, because yeah. that was the shift that took place. Yeah. So we're always in the community doing outreach, door to door outreach, grassroots to let the community know you, you can trust us. when We're uh, speaking on behalf of whatever initiative uh, and an agency or a community. We were told recently that if you want to get a message to the black community, you need to be partnered with the African-American male wellness agency right. because we have a, a, a built We built an incredible relationship and a partnership with the community. They trust us and they know that we're doing everything we can to serve them.
0: I, I, you, you all have been doing this work for a long time. I I'm curious, has the have the challenges changed over time yeah. or are they saying yeah. the same issues that that you were dealing with? Ten years, ten years ago, yeah,
1: I, it was really kind of funny. Um Ten, uh let's see, fifteen years ago, we did a documentary called "Take Another Look: Changing the Paradigm How You See Black Men," mm-hmm. and we had all these uh, positive images that we um, focused on. Had a big um, community discussion about you know we need to see black men differently so they can get treated differently. And guess what? In Last couple of years, what we have seen is black men's perceptions have not changed. Wow. Yeah. Um, we are still dealing with 15 years later, how people view and see black men. There's an article that came out in The New York Times that talks about in 2030, um, where would we be as a society? And mm-hmm. it said white men would be higher. Black women would be higher. White women would be right to black women. But at the bottom of the totem pole. Past the um, Asians, past the um, Somalians, black men will be at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm. And so, you know, in my perspective and and the things that I've been doing in the community, you know, the truth of the matter is, and that's why, you know, for me, all COVID did was allow us to talk about what we already knew. Mm. These are all these are the things that have been going on. There's nothing new. Um, COVID did not get exposed. COVID did not bring on this stuff. This is the stuff that black men have been dealing with already. Mm-hmm. And what it did was it created an ability for Now everybody wants to have a conversation about it, which is what I think you said is that, okay, so now we're all having a conversation about it. And I'll just say this to black leaders too, and, and, and diversity and inclusion, they did this 30 years ago. Yeah. People went and hired diversity officers <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So now we have we call them equity officers. So right. we gave them a different title. Yeah. So the question is, what are you going to do differently? Yeah. And how are you going to do differently? And just because you put a name on something or just because you give some dollars to something doesn't mean that it's going to have impact. And so we really got to look and see what does make impact. And I think the part, the other issue is that not only with the majority community do we have to have real conversations, but our African-American leadership, we have to have real conversations. What systems and infrastructures are we putting in place in our community to impact change? Because really, this is not just white folks' issue. Right. This is black people's issue, too. Right. We have allowed some of this stuff. We, our kids not getting the best education. Yeah. We allow that black men not being in the places they need to be at. We have allowed that. So what are we as a community going to do differently? Let me ask you this. Then, um, I'm glad you brought up um, black men and education.
2: Because um, as an educator, I've seen the transition um, happen when I was also at a HBCU um, at Nashville, Tennessee, Fisk University. And I'm, and I'm looking at I'm teaching now at a, a PWI And the numbers of black men are going down and black women are enrolling in large numbers. Um, And I wondered if um, because and then I I recently worked with a student, a black male student um, biology major who was looking at health disparities and also mental health, but also heart disease of black men, um, college age. And the numbers he found were just devastating of how many black men were dealing with that issue and I thought, well, how does that exacerbate um, coming to school, not knowing or, or you just finding out you may be dealing with a, a, a health issue on top of being education as well? Because that become a barrier. Um, do you think um, your agency could do an HBCU tour and get you know black men to start looking, you know, at the at, at, catch them at an earlier age, say, wait, you don't have to wait till after you graduate college. Start looking at your health now because those unhealthy unhealthy eating habits start in college, obviously, right. um, and then the stress of being in college, um, and then they are also financially they are strapped. A lot of them are you know stretched to the limit. Um, is that is that initiative or that's something that you've been thinking about as well?
1: Well, I think that. Um it's interesting you say that. You know, we can do anything with money. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so like, all the donors we, listening we wanna, out there. <laughs> we want to keep it real. <laughs> right. But, I mean, we are in 16 different cities, and we try to connect to the community and try to connect with um, – the different age populations. And so doing an HBCU tour, I think we just did a walk in Jackson, Mississippi, wow. where we had the president of Jackson, Mississippi, come on board, the president of Tulane University come yeah, on board. Yeah. And so everywhere we go, um, when we were in New Orleans, we had um, the, the black universities in New Orleans yeah, participate. Yeah. So our our organization really tries to reach out and make it a community event. Okay. But I think that um, it it's not really necessarily about Um, black men understanding that you can do this early. It's really about us addressing Mm. the ills in the community that impact black men Mm. that doesn't Mm. give them the ability to really think clearly about where they want to go and how they want to get there. I think that the deterrents are so strong. Mm. I mean, when you think in terms of Uh, violence in our community and the fact is you know i'm talking to a young boy 19 years old he says to me because we have um a school we have a school where you can come get your high school diploma all the way up to 100 and i'm talking to a black man who had dropped out of high school came back to get his high school diploma he says to me he said mr gregor you know um between my house and this building you know i'm watching my back he said i'm not gonna shoot you Wow. Uh, He has a gun on him. And I'm like, you can't bring the gun in here. He says, I'm not going to shoot you. He said, but you know, out there in the streets, the streets is crazy. And I think that all of us, if we looked up, turn on the TV, you go like, okay, what is out there that's creating this environment Mm. for us to create an unsafe environment? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the six causes of major deaths of black men is homicide. Um, And it's homicide between the ages of 18 and 30. Mm -hmm. Um, So, You know, I think that when you think in terms of those things, you have to think in terms of survival and how do I survive? And the other thing is, is that, you know, somebody told me, like, I don't want to go to college and get a four year college degree and come out making less money than the guy. What I can do on the streets. (laughs) I mean, those are real conversations. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the the overall intention is wellness, the whole wellness of the individual. Correct.
1: That is correct. Mental wellness, financial wellness, wellness. Wellness, as it relates to how to be a, a good father, a father image, and um, also our mental and physical wellness goes together. Right. It creates a holistic community.
0: Did you originally envision uh, it being in sixteen other cities? Was that originally like your your plan, your goal, or it just organically kind of grew? Be honest with you organically. <laughs> All I was doing was
1: having a walk. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I didn't even know nothing about a five K walk. I thought I just said five miles. And so the first walk we had the brothers walked five miles. Wow. We had 700 brothers show up. Wow. And on your I, first walk? On our first walk. And, you know, I yeah. called all the brothers up. I called the captains up and said, hey, look, I talked to the alphas. They said they're bringing 100 brothers. Uh, I called the churches up and said, hey, yeah. look, Mount so-and-so said yeah. they're bringing 100 brothers. <laughs> I really hadn't talked to anybody. <laughs> um, and so I said, we're going to have a walk, do this awareness campaign. We had 700 brothers show up. The brothers was walking. They was excited. They was calling the news channels going like, hey, look, dispatch, if we were shooting each other, you'd be out here covering us dispatch um so and (laughs) when we got done the brothers came to me and said john you know we gotta do this again i was like and this i ain't gonna
0: do this and you were just gonna do it that one time
1: i was just doing it that one time um and and i did it in six weeks we organized it in six weeks all the brothers came out they said we gotta do this again i was like nah they said john we gotta do this again so we did it again the next year we had Eighteen hundred brothers show wow. up at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, yeah. so then they came back and said, "Oh, we got, we definitely have to do this again." I was like, "Okay, if we do this again, we're gonna put add screenings to it." So if we got this many brothers coming out, we might as well screen them. Yeah. And yeah. so, nineteen years later. Thousands of men later. And, and then what would happen is people come from other cities and say, why, why aren't this in my And they go city? like, why aren't this in our city? Mm-hmm. And they're like, can we bring this to our city? And so, you know, we've attempted to do that. And in some cities we go to, um, we don't go to any city that people don't ask us to come to. Mm-hmm. And we really start with organizing a community. So we make it a community event. So we involve churches and banks and care systems and fraternities and all the people. We say, hey, look, we're bringing this to your community. So, no, I did not. This is amazing to me. Wow.
0: That's an amazing story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because that example of, uh, you know, Mm. someone
3: decides, hey, why, why, why are you not doing this in our city? That's exactly how we've grown to Um, Memphis, Tennessee, where we're walking there for the second year and we're going to walk for the first time ever in the state of Kentucky in the city of Louisville this year. But the two gentlemen that I had shared that we all learned that we had elevated blood pressure at the Columbus Walk, mm-hmm. those are the two gentlemen that are driving those uh, uh-huh. committees in those markets. Yeah, okay. And so, okay. you know, they learned that it was important for them. And they say, "Well, how are y'all gonna do this in Columbus if we're not doing this back where we're from? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and lead the way there." So. Wow. We're excited uh, we have a lot of um, good synergy going on right yeah, now right. in those two markets uh, and that's how the the expansion happens just all organic well are you surprised that those events or or, or those um, something like this
2: has not already existed in those other places
1: I'm surprised but the people in those cities are even more surprised right right um, they're all like well how are y'all doing this and we're not doing it in our city right but I think it speaks to this and 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 sometimes we don't want to deal with reality is. The reality is the importance of black men's lives is not that important hmm. uh, in any place in America. And yeah. so when you think in terms yeah. of you know what is important, is it important that we get black men educated and, and, and employed? That's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You think about our health, you know, it's like, OK. And so the only thing we've ever focused on with black men is, you know, can they play sports? Can they sing yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and rap? Um, we don't do. We have not put emphasis on the things that really make a good community. Prior to 1960s, black folks had a very solid community. They had people that were in the community. They looked up. They had doctors and lawyers. Right, they had people right, they could look right, up to. Right, right. Um, and when we tried to assimilate or integrate, you know, we lost all that continuity yeah. about what does it mean to have a black community. So, you know, yeah. to me, we don't really. And every I tell you, every city we go to, what people say is, we need this in our community for black men. Mm-hmm. You remember we had the Million Man warts. Yeah, That was yeah, one of the yeah, greatest yeah, things that yeah. could ever happened. But after it, what happened? Yeah, Nothing. nothing. Right. And so we should take advantage of, and what we try to do is take advantage of, is now we're getting black men to step up. And this is always led by black men. We have black women because we can't do without them. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. black women, but we make it sure this is a black male ran event Perfect. and that we are making sure that black men's voices are being heard. Wow. I love the brilliancy of this and the, the importance of focusing on us,
2: yes. black men looking out for other black men. Thank you so much for the work Thank that you. you all are doing. This is really commendable. Can you tell us about the next event that's coming up um, and what we should be looking out for in, um, in the future podcast I mean, for future walk events. Um I know there's a walk coming up um, this summer. I know that, but you're involved in a lot of other events that are taking place throughout the Columbus area.
1: Kenny, it's your department.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, the African-American Male Wellness Agency, we're always doing something in the community. We're excited because uh, in the month of June, June 11th, we will at noon, we're going to be having one of the biggest Cookouts that this city will have. It's going to be our proud dad cookout, and we are inviting everybody. We're trying to get over a thousand <laughs> fathers out there. It's, it's going to be at uh CCAF on twelve hundred Britnell Avenue. Okay, uh, we're going to be out there. We got some celebrity judges, some celebrity oh, wow. cookoffs that's going to be happening. Oh, wow. It's a uh, an event for the entire family to yeah. come out. Uh, and, it's and and free. Yes, it's a it's children. it's a free F- event. Fathers and fathers and their children. And their children. <laughs> yes, stay home. And mothers stay. <laughs> y'all can y'all can go do some shopping that day, right? But we're we really wanting to get about a th- over a thousand well, men I out there not. with yeah, their with definitely. their kids, yeah. Um, and we have that going on in our fatherhood. And in June eleventh, June eleventh. What time does it begin? Twelve noon. Twelve noon. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then we have our uh, our real men, real talk. We're going to be doing a national discussion, uh, and that will take place on July fourteenth. Okay. Uh, so all this information
1: that when we have music, soul child. Oh, wow. We are, um, our guest speaker. Okay. And okay. he's going to talk about his challenges with mental health. Yeah. Um, okay. And so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, it's July 14th. It's going to be at Columbus State University. Okay. Um, it's free, too. All of our events are yeah, free. free. Okay. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Um, we also have a project we're doing right now, which... Uh, it's called. You got. You can do. What is it called?
3: <laughs> it's called. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we're we're actually uh, again taking the clinic to the community and also introducing technology to the community where Perfect. we're working with individuals living with diabetes mm. in our community. Mm. Uh, we're helping them learn more about an, an alternative technology for them to monitor their their uh, their numbers. Okay. So the CGM. We're going to be bringing that to them, allowing them to uh, have real time access to that data. So we are excited to uh, bring that to the community, letting them know that, hey, you, you, you can do less pricking of your finger and more sticking <laughs> of this device, right, right? Right. Um, so all of this information is available on our website, uh, org. Uh, or, but if you want to be a part of the, uh, the You Got This program, mm-hmm. you want to go to YouGotThisColumbus.com you got this. and you can learn all about that. Okay. Um, and our mental wellness conversation is going to be really big this year. Uh, the summit that Mr. Gregory touched on. Yeah. Because, uh, Music Soul Child is actually our honor, one of our honorary chairs in the mm-hmm. Atlanta market. So, okay. so he is really being out in front yeah. with mm-hmm. letting me know how important our physical and our mental wellness, uh, is to us right now. So, but the biggest event that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) will take place this year is the African-American male wellness walk that will be taking place August 13th at 7 a.m. And we are at Livingston Park again. We're shooting for 40,000 people to come out to this event. And we're trying to screen over a thousand men. OK, so we are all hands on deck. Yeah, so yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if you know somebody that know somebody that know somebody, they need to all be present right. on August 13th at the African-American Male Wellness Walk that will be taking place at Livingston Park. Oh, this right. is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, so you much. gentlemen again for joining yes. us.
2: We appreciate you taking your time to come share with us about the African American American Wellness uh, Male Wellness Agency and the wonderful work you all continue to do to uplift our community is so needed, desperately needed during these times.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we encourage all of our listeners to. Participate in the walk. Uh, it's exactly. good for you and it's, it's for a good cause. So yeah, yeah. for everybody else out there, uh, you can find this episode on Dispatch.com or wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoy listening, please con- uh, consider supporting local journalism like this by becoming a subscriber. And in the meantime, make sure you check back for the next installment of the In Black and White podcast series. Thank you. Just going to run this